Hi, everybody. My name is Jared Milrad. I'm the founder of Movie Karma. We're a nonprofit organization that created our podcast here called Rewriting Hollywood, which focuses on diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as social impact. We're really looking at the power of storytelling and how it's harnessed for social good and social change all around the world. Uh, and today I'm really excited to have a special guest, uh, an award-winning director, Silas Neshvad, who uh, has a heartbreaking and really moving short film that is now Oscar shortlisted for the Oscars in 2023 here. The film is called The Red Suitcase. Um, and uh, again, shortlisted for the 95th Academy Awards. It tells a heartbreaking story of a 16-year-old Iranian girl who is visibly terrified after picking up her red suitcase at the airport um, and has some, some difficult decisions to make. And uh, we'll dive into all that as well as Cyrus's background right now. Uh, so Cyrus, thanks so much for being on the show. It's really great to have you on. Hello, Jared. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's dive in, Cyrus. I'd love to start with just your background here. Um, I, I understand you're a Luxembourg uh, director of Iranian origin. You've directed uh, quite a few short films, uh, such as The Orchid and Tuan Sun Portraitist. Um, you've been really successful at the film festival circuit as well. Over 300 festivals, I understand, and 30 of them have been Oscar qualifying. Um, tell us a little bit about just your journey, uh, if you could, Cyrus, um, in terms of how you got into filmmaking and why you thought that was a path you wanted to pursue. Actually, when I was a kid, uh, we were in Luxembourg. Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah can hear you well. Yeah, so I was in uh, Luxembourg as a kid, and it was for me very difficult to communicate with the other boys and my friends and so on. So I was always drawing something to show them what I wanted to mean. And suddenly I had uh, quite in few days, I had a lot of drawings which I put next to each other. And suddenly it was connected to a story of my day, you know, and then the story of my week. And actually uh, it, it was fun for me. So I decided if I have the possibility to, to do it as my, uh, you know, more professionally later. You know. Fascinating. And so did you have filmmakers or directors in your family or anything like that or anyone that was mentoring you or no? No, whoever was around me said, don't do this. Uh, it's here, it's there, uh, find security. And especially we are migrants about Iran. I mean, these people normally uh, search security, but uh, still uh, I went on that direction, uh, even yeah, with all the problems which was uh, with it and the money problem and so on. So I decided still to go after it. Wow. Okay. So what were some of those challenges that you faced, Cyrus, in terms of those early days of, you know, trying to make it as a filmmaker? Did you, did you decide to go to, to, to study and, and then try to get, you know, get work or how did that, how did yeah, that go? So I did uh, first uh, my bachelor in economy. So, because again, my parents say, let's uh, do economy and then you will see if you like it, perhaps you will, it's just a child stuff. So I said, okay, I got my bachelor in economy. Then I said, no, I still want to do this. So I went in a cinema school and then, yeah, we did the cinema school. And after the cinema school, you come on the market and you understand that, uh, yeah, everything you learned, it's like zero. So in the market, in the real world, it's everything different. Right. Yeah, definitely similar here in the U.S. And not and a, lot of, a lot of schooling, people come out of school, including myself, and don't feel like it was connected at all to uh to what you need and to survive and, and to thrive in, in society did you um so did you then just start making your own projects or were you able to work in other films how did you kind of learn your craft then yeah so i began uh first to do a few short movies and also 
I had to do different works to sort of, uh, to have uh, to do my uh, usual uh, life, you know. And uh, till 2012, where uh, finally I did the Orchid, and then uh, yeah, I began to have a few festivals because the Orchid we didn't get any funds, so I still decided to do it by my own. And uh, we were nominated for the Luxembourgish Oscar. I had a few awards, but it didn't go further than this. But it gave me more uh, uh, momentum. Yeah, more, yeah, that to to continue. Yeah. 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 Did you, I mean, how have you found it? And, you know, as you were climbing that ladder, so to speak, how did you find the challenge of funding? Because I know a lot of, especially in the U.S., there, there are not many resources for indie filmmakers who are trying to get funded, um, particularly, I'd say, in the narrative side. Did you, were, you yeah, I understand there's a Luxem Luxembourg Film Fund of some kind. Were, were you able to get funding mm -hmm. that way or how, how did that? Yeah, so there was the Luxembourg Film Fund, but uh, as a matter of fact, for me, it was difficult to difficult to get uh, i was a lot of time rejected you know till one day i said uh, it will never happen to me so in uh, 2016 i got again rejected for a short movie so i decided to do to do with my own and then i won the oscar uh, the luxembourgish oscars so i did also oscar qualifying festival and then things slowly changed and i began to be funded so i was funded with my next short in portraitist i won the oscar luxembourgish uh, the luxembourgish oscar again I was also uh, eligible for, I qualified for the Oscars also, but it didn't go further. And I, uh, what, uh, I had more than 55 awards and then, uh, yeah. And then I got my funds for my future movie. And between this moment, I got also fund for uh, the Red Suitcase, which I said, it will be a good um, practice for me because uh, my future movie has the same directoring than uh, the Red Suitcase. So it was the perfect timing. But when I began to do the red suitcase for me again, it was like my child, so I had to give him the all the care he needed. So I couldn't just go fast. You couldn't. You couldn't just rush into it. Yeah, you going to take your time with it. Um, let's talk about the red suitcase then. On that on that note, um, you know, as I mentioned to the listeners here, it's a uh, it's it's a really powerful film, and it's very timely. Unfortunately, obviously, given what's happening in Iran, particularly to girls and to women. Um, but tell us a little about the project, the Red Suitcase. Like, what inspired you, especially for those who haven't seen it yet? But what what inspired you to make it, and um, what was the process like in in thinking about the story that you wanted to tell? So all began uh, because my parents are connected to Iran. So one day uh, in discussion, my mother said I was searching a short movie. So and then my mother was talking about the woman. Uh, expressing their opinions in Iran and that they went disappearing. I said, wow, is that possible nowadays? It was two years ago. So nobody was talking about Iranian problem. So I said, it's impossible. No court, no, 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 just disappear. If somebody takes the chador off, uh, the hijab off, it disappears. I said, wow, if I do a short movie, I want to take a Iranian girl with hijab and something around this. So this was for sure. And that's how it started. And then I connected this very fast to, a, to an airport because it's the place where you should travel and not to be afraid. You should go to holidays, you should go, but not be scared. I called my screenwriter and then we began to write. Wow. Okay. So it was relatively, at least the, the concept sounds like it kind of came to you um, somewhat quickly or the, or the general idea 
of of this girl who is kind of faced with this decision of taking off her hijab um for those who haven't seen the film without giving too much away i mean she's essentially being you know forced into a, a really difficult situation um on her upon her arrival at the airport from iran um that her father you know sent her sent her into basically what was as you were started writing and creating the story like tell us about the thinking around wanting to tell that particular story or did it just kind of come organically uh, we had to choose because there are a few topics which are very difficult in iran so this was the most reasonable way to uh, shoot it also in Luxembourg because uh, uh, I'm persecuted in Iran, so if I go in Iran, I will end up in jail. So I cannot go in Iran and do a movie against the regime. So uh, this particular, because there are the there are other uh, topics which are all going in the in the stuff that uh, the woman has no right, uh, needs the consent of a man, and so on and so on. So uh, this was the something what was interesting. And we could connect it here. And again, the airport had a visually really uh, good spaces to bring uh, this situation in. So that's how you say it came organically, slowly together. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, that it sort of just kept building. Did did it? Um, <laughs> and if, and it was also building yeah. up. Sorry, just yeah. just I, no, I, go ahead. I will forget. And when I had my screenwriter and then we were writing, he said, look, uh, the problem is not just in Iran, you know, mm. because I'm, I'm from France and I see the problem also here. We have somehow to build also something around the Occident girl that for them is also not easy. So then begin with this idea with the posters that uh, the woman is misused by selling products, by using the sexuality of the woman to sell products. And at the, at the last shot of the movie, we see that behind these beautiful smiles, these girls are also not happy. Right. That's a beautiful last shot uh, of, of, like you said, the kind of exploitation of women beyond just this Iranian girl who's the main, this teenager is kind of the main focus of the, of the film. I, I wonder if you could talk a little about this, this issue of forced marriage or of, you know, what we see in the film of, 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 of young women children really in this case being sent to to kind of be forced into marriage or be forced into a very difficult um situation really against their will before they even can can fully consent to it um how did you are you know did were you familiar with this happening and just being a, were, yeah or can you talk a little about that yeah regularly we hear uh, the story uh, also from iran they're sitting sending their children to the u.s and the, i I heard a lot and uh, there was a girl, she was even 14 when they sent her to the United States to get married, but she ran away and then, uh, I don't know, she found her brother in Italy and so on. So these stories are next to us. They are not just something, a fantasy and so on. It's when you're walking here, perhaps the girl who is walking there, it happened this to him. It's like around us and we don't see it. So it's, it's very common. And it's parents, they said, look, we won't give security to our girl. Why she's crying? <laughs> she will have a rough money and it's okay. So, I mean, they, for them, it's clear that they are doing this for the children and they get also some money and the child, they give rid of the child and the child has enough money to, so it's not ask what she wants. Yeah, would you say, Cyrus, it's particularly acute of a problem now in Iran, specifically because of how oppressive society is there for women and girls? I mean, are, are parents, and in this case, fathers, you know, thinking 
like you said, this is, I, I want my child to have a better life. It's not going to be here. This will give them that security. I mean, is it particularly bad of a problem now because of what's happening? Yeah, also, but uh, there is a, a part of uh, tradition, you know, right. you keep first your hijab. Uh, you are with a man who is in this uh, a tradition, you know, it's, they didn't give her to anybody, uh, somebody, they give it to the Iranian person who had the same tradition than them. So they want to keep the tradition. So it's, Right, so carry it, carry it. Otherwise, they could, uh, you know, ask her opinion. Do you like him? Right. No. So we found somebody else. So this is happening. But no, we choose. <laughs> you go. Mm. Did your perspective or did your team's perspective, I wonder, I mean, obviously, this is something that's happening against the will of these of these minors um, and is very difficult to watch and to know about. I mean, but did this, did your views and some, or did your understanding of this issue shift as you, as you started to learn more and sort of create this story? Like, did it become in any way more complex or surprising? Or did you feel like you, you, you kind of knew so much about it before you dove into the film? No, I mean, uh, sometimes, you know, when the, 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 the husband, the future husband is saying, you, I paid for it and so on and so on. Uh, before, I didn't think that this could have been said. But then I heard that somebody said, it. said, I gave you all this money. Why, what's happening is I said, wow, uh, it's like transaction. And actually this, I found out by doing researches, it's existing. So I put it in the dialogues. It's like a transaction prostitution. I mean, it's not far from this because if you get married, you have to sleep with me. So, right. And uh, this uh, it came out by researchers because otherwise I could not have uh, thought that uh, this could happen. These dialogues could have been possible. Yeah, I mean that that moment in the film of yeah, this 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 man <laughs> saying basically, like you said, it's a transaction. I pay. It's because because it's yeah. more uh, it's more complex than this because they right. will bring her here they are 16 i mean in europe and they wait two years and then they marry her so they do a small ceremony between them because they know the girl will do nothing it's in the tradition patriarchal father and so on. the girl will say nothing that's what happened the girl didn't go to the police because she cannot go that far in her mind so they keep her till uh, 18 years and then they marry her uh, on the real Wow. Okay. So there's a period in which, um, in, in which she's underage. Yeah. She's underage. And, and wow. Have you met or in your research, Cyrus, did you come across or meet with women who had gone through this experience? Uh, no, I heard, uh, again, I heard from my mother that she knew some hmm. persons, but then whenever I wanted to go in contact, these girls, they were scared to talk about it. Wow. So. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, let's talk a little bit about just the process of making the film because you obviously work with an incredible young actor, um, several great actors and actresses, but the, 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 the star of the film here, I mean, she's really extraordinary and it's a, it's a really obviously difficult, I, I would say challenging character in some ways to take on and it's so layered and emotional and really heartbreaking. Um, what was that process of working with, with the actors and, and, and casting? For uh, Nawal, who played uh, the role of the Persian girl, it was uh, quite easy because I saw already in the casting that she had the same connection with the girl. So she was a lot in the art and the girl was in the art. She's from a Maghrebian uh, family where they had also this uh, you know, patriarchal. So she knew about all this already. 
And as soon as in the casting, the scene to take the hijab off was the scene I was asking, it was so difficult for her that she was in tears and she didn't play the role. She played the real, she was really in it. So it was done. The rest yeah. was just working and rehearsal. Right. But, uh, yeah, she really was um, fully immersed. I mean, you really brought us immediately into it as the audience. Um, talk about just if you would, Cyrus, the uh, the structure of the of the film because I thought it was interesting. You know, we see her. Um, I mean, essentially, kind of struggling to, uh, from my view, struggling to leave. I mean, struggling to decide sort of how to get out of the situation. Kind of listening to the, to to this man as he's on the phone with her father, and I mean, just the the, the tension of that. Um, it really built um, the sense of yeah dread and, and conflict. I would say for the audience, what was what was your thought around just the structure of kind of how she would react to making this decision? Okay, I'm going to take off my job and 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 but I but I kind of kind of feel like I don't know what to do next. Like, how did you develop that part of the story? First of all, uh, I didn't want that we are too much connected to the girl because we see just a red suitcase there, intriguing, and we see a girl. So the audience is already making his point. Ooh, what is wrong with this girl? So we are judging her. So this I really wanted to happen because we judge on what we see. So a luggage, a girl, hijab, tourism, stolen, and so on and so on. So, so this kind of judgment, I wanted to keep sometimes this intriguing till we come to the door. And even the police thinks that she's did something bad because they are treating her already like uh, something happened. Even with the audience, we watch inside and something we see it's nothing there. So still we can think she stole it. No, the paintings and the passport, they have the same signature. So it's definitely not a problem. So, and then I decided to go further. When all these things were slowly gone, um, I decided to go further. That was the first point. Mm. And for me, a very important condition because myself, uh, with my skin color and so on and so on. I have this problem all the time. Uh, if I go in a restaurant, if I go out, if I'm in the airport, already they're watching somehow, you know. So yeah. this judgment is like every day. So this I wanted to keep. That was the first point. Yeah, that's that's such an important point. And I think, like you said, I mean, just in your lived experience, I'm sure you, you drew on that. And the airport is a place where like you said, diff, diff, people who look differently, what they're wearing, what their what their skin colors are, what their gender is, their age are treated differently. Um, but also, I'm not yeah. judging this because right. my country fucked up. Right. <laughs> so that's why. I mean, right. uh, so they fucked up in our country. So now uh, all the people has to pay the consequences. You know, uh, it could have been different, but it's like this, and I accept this because uh, they are crazy. In, this this regime is crazy. I'm accepting what is going, and accepting the judgment which is on me. I'm accepting this to talk, totally. Would you would you be able, Cyrus, to talk talk to us a little bit about that? Because you know the the regime obviously has been getting, I, you know, I would say at least in the U.S. more attention than it certainly was, like you said, a few years ago. Um, you know, the, there was reported recently that the regime made a, I think what's being viewed widely as kind of a token compromise in terms of the protests um and and the religious beliefs and and um you know it seems like that's perhaps more um show or theater than than reality in terms of changing the reality on the ground but what are you hearing and from your family or from friends who are there and what is your view of what's happening 
uh, just I have one sentence to to clarify this: a father who hit his son regularly and regularly, if he will tell to you now, I will not hit you, would you believe this? So it's impossible. Right. We know who are we are dealing now. Right. It's over, you know, and there is no negotiation, no talking. Everybody knows what we are dealing. So the rest is just talking. And so I imagine. Yeah, and I imagine, do you, I mean, yeah, if you would just tell us a little bit more about, you know, what are you, on that point, you know, what are you hearing from folks who are there? I mean, or do you, are you in touch with people who are in Iran now and especially yeah, creative, so, creative yeah. people? What's the yeah, challenge? I'm, I'm also talking about this here. I don't know. I mean, I'm also a bit scared, but now I talk so much about this. So it's true that in our country, uh, the old generation is a bit scared to do anything. But the younger generation, they don't care. They go on the street. I'm, I'm so sorry for them because they are young, they are innocent, and they are courageous. And they go inside, outside of the street, they manifest and so on. The older generation, not so much. That's why as soon <coughs> as I decided to do Red Scripted, I said the main character has to be very young because they are courageous. They are going in front. And they are not scared. Yeah, they really, it really is extraordinary to see the protests, particularly women and girls taking the risks that they're taking, as you said, being disappeared and and worse um, and dying. And today they are being shot, even. Right, you know. right. So, so that's why for me, this girl uh, taking the free will, as she's dominant by uh, the father, the rules, the tradition, and she's sixteen. You know how much courage it was to take mm -hmm. this off and to run away. So that was the main point that she has the courage to do this. She doesn't know where to go, how to do, but she did it. Yeah, she's really then it's sort of like I made this 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 incredible decision. And now I have to figure out what to do next um, in this foreign place that I that I'm just. Doing. And also, you know that it's not predominated. She didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, say I will do like this. I will. You feel this because she's going next to the door and she doesn't know what to do. And then suddenly she sees some girl passing without, uh, you know, with her hair open. And so she says, ah, why not? So it's not uh, prepared, like, I will do this. I will. It's just, ah, I just don't want to go to him. What shall I do? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful and, and moving and poignant um, look at... And it's very easy to understand right. the, her opinion. I have to go with <laughs> him and then I have to sleep with him. And I have, you know, it's horrible to have to think like the guy is... 55 and she's 16 so i uh, yeah can, can, can't even imagine but i think you captured you captured that just brutal difficult unimaginable dilemma in a sense really really beautifully um i i just wanted to ask you in the last, last few minutes uh, because a few more questions just about um you know, we we do hear a lot uh, through our nonprofit and our film festival uh from iranian filmmakers who have you know, really challenging limitations in Iran, of course, to make any film now, I think, especially. What are What is your sense of the challenges that filmmakers and creative people face in Iran right now? Um, you have to be smart when you're doing movies. So you have to do something which is not going uh, against the regime, but somehow put something, you know, before Kiarostami, he managed a bit to be friend with the regime and still to do his uh, problematic, but uh, it's very risky. I mean, if you take uh, the hijab off on a woman in a movie, I mean, it's already done for you. So, yeah. 
the right. best way is uh, or you do a movie and you escape or you do a movie abroad and you don't go back yeah I, I, that's certainly what we've heard seen and heard from iranian filmmakers we've spoken with it's, a, it's an extremely difficult situation um I guess my last few questions just around, you know, um, there's just, I think the last year has been a really interesting moment, at least here in the US and Hollywood, um, in terms of representation and diversity and, and storytelling. Um, what is your sense of how things are shifting or, or not shifting for filmmakers from diverse or underrepresented backgrounds around the world? I cannot talk for, for the other uh, countries. The only thing you are talking about diversity, but I think uh, uh, the, the most uh, beautiful garden is a, a garden where all the flowers are different. So I think to have good movies, we need diversity from all the uh, directors because they are all different. And then we will be in the beautiful garden with all the, all the uh, flowers from uh, different colors then we will have the best movies. That's beautifully said. Um, and I fully agree. I, I guess the last question, Cyrus, you're working, I understand you're developing your your first feature and, and was curious, just tell us a little about that process or what you're working on next, what you're looking to do next. Yeah, so the, the next uh, future movie is about a six-year-old uh, Iranian boy who escapes with his uh, uh, mother, uh, the revolution, and they find shelter in Luxembourg. And in the camp, this uh, six-year-old boy uh, befriend herself with an old lady, old Russian lady. And it's about their friendship in the middle of the camp. Beautiful. Uh, excited to see that and, and see that see that come to fruition. Um, well, again, um, our guest today, Cyrus Nashvili, the film is The Red Suitcase. It is Oscar shortlisted for 2023. Really huge congratulations to you on that achievement and all of your achievements to date. And we're excited to see what happens not only with this film, but your your feature and, and beyond. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jared, for having me. Absolutely.